testing. One, two. All right. It's been a long summer. It's been a very long summer. And you guys have missed me. I know you have. I don't even know how the board works anymore because I haven't worked it for a while. Veterans Assembly Hall podcast. We're back. It's September. We were on our summer sabbatical. Seemed to be a lot of sabbaticals. There was a COVID sabbatical, then I went on summer sabbatical. Ah, it's good to be back on the board. There's probably nobody listening, but that doesn't matter. And we're back. It's September. Beautiful weather in New England. It's probably one of my favorite months. You get everything from summer to winter (laughs) and everything in between. Right now, as I'm recording this, we are experiencing some really good New England weather. It's beautiful up here. It's uh, one of the few reasons that uh, <laughs> that I actually live up here. And then once the snow stops falling, I find all the reasons why I don't want to live here. So be it as it may, that's the uh, that's the adventure we call New England. So I'm broadcasting live from the Merrimack Valley, and it's our September podcast, and we're going to get back into it. We're going to kind of stretch our legs. Uh, reintroduce ourselves. We are the voice of the veteran for the Merrimack Valley. We talk about veterans' issues that are uh, within the state or local. I try to keep it local if I can, but, you know, I'm going to go over some stuff today that's uh, some national legislation that's out there that uh, uh, it's it, it impacts us here, so we'll talk about it. And, you know, we have some controversial stuff, and we've had controversial stuff here in the local area. We bring it out. We don't... Uh, we don't take a side. We don't bring politics into it. Uh, we just kind of throw it out there. Although I can't help but put my opinions on it too. So, so I want to start today. This is what I want to do today, um, and I've done it in ba- past podcasts. I think it's a great way to get back into the Veterans Assembly Hall podcast is to go over some of the publications that we received in the mail just recently. And what I, one of my favorite things to do is to grab the magazines. And this month we're going to do VFW. So I've got the VFW magazine from August and September, but the more interesting publication that I got was the Massachusetts VFW News. It's like a newspaper. It comes on printed uh, newspaper print, and uh, I don't know how often they publish it. Um, I should know that. It comes in my mailbox. I'm always surprised when it's there. I'm a life member of the the VFW Post 662 here in Lowell, and I have been since uh, 1991, I believe. Yeah, probably since 91, 92, uh, I've been uh, a member of the 662. I will admit I'm not the most active member over there. I'm sorry about that. I mean, I'm in a th- <laughs> But I am active in a whole bunch of other organizations. Uh, 662 is a great organization right here in Lowell. But anyway, um, because I'm a member over there and a life member over there, I get uh, the newspaper from the Massachusetts VFW News. And it's a, I'm just looking on the back side of it to see how often it's actually printed. It doesn't tell me. But it does say that the next uh, print edition, the deadline is October 15th. So it's it's not every month. But anyway, uh, so this month, it uh, looks like they had the installation of the new officers for the state. And, of course, there's a section for every one of them. 
And I just want, you know, before I get to some of the stuff in the latter part of the newsletter, uh, let's kind of go over some of the stuff that's uh, up in the front print that I thought was kind of interesting. So firstly uh, is the block from the state commander, okay? Uh, Doug Wood, the state commander for the Massachusetts VFW, he writes a little uh, introductory block, you know, congratulations to our newly elected and appointed officers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I'm going to just pull out the bullet points that I think are really um, interesting. So as we move forward in this year, he says, uh, we need to stay focused on our mission of helping veterans, community service, and youth programs. Okay, there are your tenants. Massachusetts VFW, commander has spoken. Those are going to be his focus items, helping veterans, helping other veterans, community service, and youth programs. Not a surprise. Uh, the VFW, and like the Legion, have a lot of – youth type programs uh, that they promote. In fact, I think in the back of this month's uh, publication, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, there's, um, you can put the applications for Patriot's Pen and for the Voice of Democracy. Patriot's Pen is open, um, what is it? It's conducted nationally. It's a VFW-sponsored youth essay competition to give uh, students an opportunity to write an essay expressing their views on annual on an annual patriotic theme. Uh, we don't need that now. I don't know whenever we needed it. Uh, bringing patriotism, bringing uh, a recognition of this country and the great things that it represents back into the classroom, long overdue, much needed. Uh, so anyway, that's open to, um, that's the younger crowd I know. So who can enter? Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade students can enroll. They have to be in by October 31st. What a great thing for them. All right. And then Voice of Democracy is like the high school age kids. Um, what do you need to enter? You need to record your original three to five minute audio essay and submit it in writing. Oh, very cool. It's an audio essay. I love it. Um, who can enter? Nine through 12. And the deadline is the same, October 31st. So looking for youth programs. You're a youth leader somewhere. You're a teacher. You want to do something in your classroom? That's what you do. All right, that's what you do. So do that. Okay, good. Um, all right, let's go back to the beginning. So anyway, back to uh, Doug Wood, Commander Wood, State Wood. Um, his focus is uh, helping veterans, community service, and youth programs. Uh, one of, as he says, Auxiliary President uh, B.J. Meyer and I have decided to combine our special projects for the year. We've decided to raise money to support the Fisher House in Boston. Uh, expect this year that the VFW is going to talk a lot about the Fisher House. Uh, just scanning through the newsprint for the VFW, what I've found is that it's mentioned several times throughout the publication so expect that we are going to see uh, Fisher House uh, front and center this year for the VFW, and that's not a bad thing. The Fisher House is in Boston. It's a home away from home where military families can stay while a loved one is receiving in-house treatment at one of the local uh, medical centers, and God knows Boston has a great representation for uh, medical centers. Any veteran or active Military personnel, wartime or peacetime, is eligible to have a loved one stay at the Fisher House. All donations 
uh, can be sent to the office. So um, expect that you're going to hear a lot about Fisher House because as I scan through here, I, I, I see it raised several times. Now I'm looking at the state senior vice commander. That's Mike Raymond. Michael Raymond is now the state senior vice commander for the VFW here in Massachusetts. Um, now's the time, he says. Now is the time to start reaching out to schools and children in the neighborhood about the Voice of Democracy and Patriots Pen essays. Right? There you go. That's what I just, I was just talking about both of those. So the state senior vice commander, the, the commander is saying, hey, youth programs front and center for us this year. The senior vice commander is echoing that. Uh, he wants you to start reaching out. The VFW posts and members reach out, find a teacher who promotes Americanism in the classroom. A local scout, perhaps, uh, you know, goes, goes on and on. So um, er, that's it. Membership, another big uh, big bullet item that they keep bringing up. All right. Uh, state surgeon. Always not one, you know, not one um, that I generally uh, see prominently because you've got state commander, state senior vice commander, state junior vice commander, advocate, quartermaster, right? All right, all the way back, state surgeon. So why am I bringing that up? Why am I? Because because my first glance, all these other dudes have a little small block where they say, "Hey, how you doing? This is me. Membership's going to be important to me this year, or whatever." They go off on their um, their priorities for the year. I look to the right, the state surgeon. He's got a whole half page, whole half page for the state surgeon, Troy Hank. I hope I'm saying your name right, Henke, Maybe. All right, Troy. Uh, you're a dude I got, I've got to hang out with. I've got to talk to you because um, the reason the state surgeon has a whole half a page of objectives is because, of course, he's talking about his priority is, of course, the two state soldiers' homes in Holyoke and Chelsea. And we know those have been the subject of much attention uh, for all the wrong reasons. Um, we had... Uh, he talks a lot about uh, what needs to be done. Uh, he, successful advocation needs to be done. He needs reform in the governmentness of the homes. Which is at the, right now in the very preliminary stages of negotiations. Um, you know, we've I, this is a subject. These the soldiers' homes in Holyoke and Chelsea are a subject that, um, if you're on any kind of social media, you know, has been banging away, uh, all the way up to the governor's office. A lot, very controversial, very, uh, lot of attention be given, rightfully so, for this COVID, uh, uh, mishandling that occurred out there at the Holyoke, uh, soldiers' home. And, um, a lot of what he lists here as priorities. So he goes through the several facets are being discussed in the reform program. And good on the uh, state of Massachusetts VFW print for giving him the forum to allow him to expand and talk about that um, because some really important initiatives are going on. So here are some of the facets of the reform package that's in its very early stage uh, and is coming to a doorstep near you very soon. Uh, one of them, it places the administration and chain of command for both homes under the Department of Public Health rather than the Public Department of Veterans Services. Um, that was a that was part of the fallout uh, that occurred when um, they they had the COVID nineteen outbreak 
out there was uh, in the in the postscript. They've been looking at who was responsible for it. Uh, a lot of finger pointing going on. Probably not always appropriate. Um, you know, and it go from the governor's office all the way down. Um, people were relieved of of their uh, positions, and so what they want now is for that to. I, I honestly don't understand why that was never under Department of Public Health, but um, I'm still trying to get my head around everything that occurred uh, in the previous, you know, the, the 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 previous years, years prior, really. And honestly, I don't know a lot about the veterans' homes, so I'm still learning too. Uh, Holyoke, it says, which saw 78 uh, deaths. Uh, that's that's tragic. In comparison, the f- four state hospitals under the auspices of the Department of Public Health only saw 22 total um, and two individuals hospital, two individual hospitals are saw to zero. So um, there was an outbreak uh, in that. This is sort of part of the reform package. So moving the control of those homes from Department of Veteran Services to the Department of Public Health. Uh, the, the next reform is establishing a single uh, centralized board of trustees for oversight of both homes. The VFW, Massachusetts VFW opposes that. Uh, they feel that it will take away autonomy and centralized power. I agree with them on that. Um, one board for, for both, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, it's kind of all your eggs in one basket. Uh, the, I, think, I would think that the facilities are very particular and unique, and to have one broad oversight uh, may not be as effective. That's just my reaction as I read this. Okay, that's just my reaction. Um, the appointment to these uh, positions over time can also be seen as political patronage, which in part led to, um, he's saying, this is, their, this is what I'm reading in the newspaper here, that, that led to the large-scale uh, impact at, at the Holyoke Home, so they're opposed to that, or and they were actually in favor of the previous one where I talked about moving to Department of Public Health. Uh, the next one allows allow the governor to terminate the home superintendent. What? I'm not even sure why that's a reform. Why could he not? Uh, well, I guess they oppose that. Surprisingly, they oppose that. The uh, superintendent would then be focused on politics and loyalties when making critical decisions. Yeah, I'm not sure. I agree. Yeah. I guess it's like anything else. We're not making it a political pointy. It's not a, but you, the way you're talking about it, the VFW, it's not a judgeship, right? It's not like the he's not. You're not appointed as a superintendent, and now you're immune from the local governor, governor and governors, uh, the local politics, because you're going to be there forever. I, yeah, that's a. It just seems like an unnecessary reform. Why wouldn't the governor have some say in that? Maybe to make it more joint, I could see that, I guess, uh, as opposed to solely uh, being at the the beck and call of the governor. That, that could make sense. Create an office of ombudsman. I always like that. The ombudsman. Um, we support this as a conduit between families and members of the public and the bureaucratic administration, which historically has been slow to address conform- concerns right on right on that's true of any large bureaucracy though they're always very slow to respond and some of these things are immediate and need need a more expedited uh response and then lastly require the superintendent to have certain licensures for administrating long 
term healthcare. Yeah, we, I mean, I know that was the first one I read uh, when I was trying to get my head around what was going on out at the Holyoke uh, uh, Soldiers Home in Holyoke. Uh, one of the things was the, um, the the appointment process of people being put in those uh, in those roles that maybe didn't have any health experience. And so they were, they found that to be, this is something that we support. They say a lack of qualifications has been cited repeatedly as a catalyst for the disastrous decisions to merge both the memory unit in Holyoke with result both memory units in Holyoke resulting in a rapid explosion of the infection. So, uh, I'm going to be cautious not to delve into the whole Holyoke thing. That could be a show on itself, and it's really for people who know what they're talking about. And I don't, I just know what I've read. Uh, but I'm going to re, I'm just relaying uh, what the Massachusetts VFW News, the state surgeon, Troy Hankel, Hankin, Hanky, uh, he has uh, what he writes in his column this particular month, which I thought was interesting. He had a larger column than even the state commander did. So that that is very interesting. All right, looking at the Department of Massachusetts VFW Auxiliary, uh, we plan on working together on a joint special project, the Fisher House in Boston. All right, as I said, I plan on hearing a lot about the Fisher House in Boston from the Massachusetts VFW this year. You have now the Auxiliary coming out saying that is one of their number one priorities, and as is the state commander, uh, we're calling that out. Here's one that we've talked about on the Veterans Assembly Hall podcast before, uh, is women's veterans. That issue comes up. I've brought it out, particularly when I go through these magazine and I do these episodes with the magazines. The woman, uh, the topic of vet, women veterans uh, is always one that comes forefront. And I saw in here, and I'm not seeing it right jumping out at me right now, but just the very low participation of women veterans in these types of organizations really bothers me. Uh, and as a result, uh, issues that are probably um, important to them get overlooked or under-addressed probably. But so we have a women's veterans column and uh, I think I'm going to try and reach out to them. Our newly appointed state women's veteran advocate and state women veterans committee chair, Dawn Slavin. So uh, we're going to get Dawn Slavin. We're going to reach out to her and uh, try and get her on the uh, podcast. Uh, you know, they note even in this article that because many women veterans may be reluctant to join veteran organizations in general, this might be a challenge. Um, etc. So her, she, they're obviously going for membership uh, for the women's veterans columns, and I'd be interested to see how they're going to advocate because that's what she's called, the women's veteran advocate and the women's veterans committee chair is one and the same. It's Dawn Slavin. Uh, interested to know how Dawn is going to lead that um, that that advocacy part. Uh, the membership part, I'm also interested. But what do you? But the advocacy part, uh, I think, is really important. Oh, and then right below it, newly elected state women's veterans advocate. Um, the picture of uh, Commander Don Wood with her, um, and it doesn't say. Oh, it does say. Yeah, she's in Watertown. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. So we'll have to uh, we we'll have to. Get in touch with her. Well, I don't know if she's wanted the installation of officers in Lemonster, so it might be a little misleading. But anyway, uh, all right, what else we got in here? This has been pretty good already, huh? Breaking the ice, 19 minutes in. Wow, holy shit. 
All right. Um, these are the so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of peruse these. These are the VFW positions on pending legislation, but they're Senate and House bill, mostly Senate bills. To be honest with you, mostly Senate bills. Uh, I'll just kind of j- run down them really quick. Ensuring quality care for our veterans, a bill that would rightfully ensure that uh, VFW VA health care professionals who wow, I don't get that. So this bill would rightfully ensure that VA health care professionals who had their licenses terminated in the past are currently and are currently employed by the VA are pro- providing high quality. Yeah. Yeah, well, no kidding. Uh, a bill to direct the state, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs to submit to Congress a report on the use of video cameras for patient safety and law enforcement at medical centers. Uh, so that's a neglect at medical centers such as the Veterans VA. Um, so that's obviously, uh, you know, more video surveillance in the VA to prevent uh, abuse and that type of thing. A bill to direct the Secretary of Veterans Affairs to designate one week each year as the Buddy Check Week for the purposes of outreach and education concerning peer wellness checks for veterans and other purposes. Right on. I'm, I'm good for that. That's Senate Bill 544. Uh, Senate Bill 613, pause for Veterans Therapy Act. Um, they found anecdotal notes have found that veterans with service dogs decrease their use of medications such as opioids, uh, linked to chronic pain link, which was linked to PSD. So that, that's interesting. That's a good one. Um, this was an interesting one. Okay. So Senate bill 796, I saw this mentioned elsewhere too. protecting moms who served the Protecting Moms Have Served Act of 2021. And it goes on to say, when women, women veterans of childbearing age comprise the second largest age group enrolled in VA health care. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. Women veterans, we were just talking about them, right? We got an advocate now in the state of Massachusetts. Dawn. Dawn is the advocate. Women veterans of childbearing age comprise the second largest age group enrolled in VA health care. Interesting. The VA covers more than 6,000 deliveries per year, a small percentage. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. That's a, a significant. <laughs> the second largest age group for the VA care is, is women in their childbearing years. Uh-oh. That's pretty interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that there there is an initiative called Protecting Moms Who Served, the Act of uh, 2021. Here's one that um, I want to uh, – there's a whole couple others, but I, I really want to call this one out because uh, I, I'm, I'm on record. So I, I'm not – I'm on record as saying that I support it, and uh, I've had some personal experience uh, with f- friends who have uh, had – made use of it and I've seen the benefit to it. So this is Senate bill 1467, a VA medicinal cannabis research act of 2021. Um, they're focused mostly on uh, medical cannabis, but I think all of those products are, are of value. So the VA to conduct scientific studies on the efficiency of medical cannabis, the VA, uh, the VFW is a, is proud to support this important bill and thanks the committee for its consideration. Wow, how times have changed, huh? 
the VFW is is supporting this bill, uh, and I and I do too. I've, I've been very open about my support of this type of stuff. The VA must expand research on the efficiency of non-traditional medical therapies, such as medical cannabis and other holistic approaches. Medical cannabis is currently legal in 36 states, including the District of uh, Columbia, not a state, but it's also available there. Uh, they have conducted research for mental health, chronic pain, and oncology at the state level. Many states have, um, and many of us veterans that are probably listening to this podcast, if anybody does, uh, know of somebody uh, who has uh, has ha- made a- gotten access to it and has seen a very important direct benefit to it. So um, something to think about. Yep, something to think about. And then also on the topic of uh, women, women veteran groups, uh, Senate Bill 2102 is a bill that to direct the Undersecretary of Health and Department of Veterans Affairs to provide mammogram screenings for veterans who served in locations associated with toxic exposure. So mammograms would for women veterans who served in locations identified with burn pits and other toxic exposures. Yep, um, not surprised there. That's been a, a very big topic, uh, toxic exposures. And um, we are definitely starting to see the tide turn a little bit and that becoming uh, something that we both acknowledge and um, so something that we both acknowledge and that we advocate for because uh, it's a reality. It's becoming a reality, no question about it. All right, so that's a quick rip through the uh, Massachusetts VFW news for the month of September. I just got it in. We were just, uh, like I said, we were just here at the Veterans Assembly Hall podcast getting back into it, knocking the rust off. It's September. We're back. You want to be on the Veterans Assembly Hall podcast? Reach out to me. I've got a uh, Facebook page. DM me. Give me a call. I'll record you. I'll put you on later give you a special episode somehow this some this winter i'm getting out i'm going to do some stuff on the street too so i right, kept it under a half hour that's pretty good it's just a lot of gibberish i know but it is still interesting stuff and it might be some topics that you might want to get educated on and talk amongst yourself that's the whole idea guys and gals we're just getting topics out there we're talking about them when you're uh, hanging out at the bar, going for a drive with friends, out exercising, afterwards you talk about these things. we got to get Dawn on here, right? Women's advocate. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. Veterans Assembly Hall podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. If you listened, you made it almost a half hour. I'll see you next month or a couple of weeks. I'm out. I'm out.